All your base are belong to us. Hello, and welcome to Fake Geek Girls, a podcast looking at nerdy pop culture from both a fan and critical perspective, encouraging the things we love to do better. I'm Missy. I'm a writer. And I saw two, <laughs> well, I saw My Chemical Romance and I saw Florence and the Machine this week, but I saw Florence and the Machine most recently, and I feel like I'm never going to come down from that high. <laughs> I'm Mary Marketer, and I agree. Um, I just told Missy right before this, I'm like, oh, we should on here. We saw Wiktiv live. Because yeah. we did. Um, we are also now part of a cult. Yes. Um, and uh, when I explained that to my coworkers, it got increasingly um, like, first it was like, haha, funny. And then it was like, no, maybe you did. The, I had a real, I was like, I can't remember what it was. Oh, it was probably some Jared Leto shit. Like, I, I told my boss Jared Leto could never. Yeah. <laughs> so I was thinking about Jared Leto and his cult. And then I was like, is there any musician I would join a cult for? And I was like, well, obviously it's got to be Florence Welch. Mm-hmm. And then I thought about it and I was like, well, I didn't buy that like $80 deluxe version of her album because I was like, I don't need this. And it's $80 for something I don't like, I don't really need. And so I was like, well, I don't think she's going to get me with the financial part of joining a cult. Um, The fervent (laughs) devotion. Absolutely. I am utterly devoted to Florence Welch. If anybody has anything bad to to say about Florence Welch, I don't want to hear it. I don't want to (laughs) know. Fight them. I just don't want to know. I don't want to know about it. I follow, I read this newsletter and somebody on there was like at a party with uh, Florence Welch's PR person who Mm -hmm. was like, hyping her up and the person writing the newsletter is like I don't really like her music and I don't get why you're so jazzed about it and I was like I don't want to know I don't want to know don't even tell me about that I don't want to know <laughs> it was great my chemical romance was amazing I wish the tickets were so expensive I would have never done this but I wish I would have bought for another show as well because it was just so good live the one thing that sucked was that it was at the Tacoma Dome which has some of the worst sound I've ever heard impressively bad oh so bad um and then the worst name named a venue climate pledge arena had great sound yeah it's spectacular it sounded really good but it was terrifying to dance it was a life or death matter oh my god <laughs> and, and it was worth it and it's all concrete you could fall and die and be impaled on a sheet of glass like that yeah. seems to be what it what they're going for yeah it was quite terrifying um, quite terrifying but i will say Next time Florence and the Machine comes, I will shell out yeah. the big bucks for the floor tickets because I, I would. wanted to dance. Well, and like she made, she just made it so worth it. Like she goes down and she like holds someone's face and talks to it like sings to them. She <laughs> ran around on the floor and and like went to where the sound thing is, usually in the middle of the floor, and got up on on there, and everyone just flocked to her. She, she got up on there and she was singing. Uh, I think it's Choreomania. Which has uh, what if Jesus came back but in a beautiful dress, and all the evangelicals were like, "Hell yes!" And so she sings that like surrounding crowd. It's hysterically funny. It was wild, and um, just it truly, I've seen a lot of concerts, and it truly was one of the best performances I've ever seen. She's performing the entire like she is performing she could be standing there <laughs> she's having a conversation like she's just talking like doing you know mid mid song or like between song banter and she's performing as that's going like you watch her hands and it's it's all very theatrical yeah. and it was totally worth it yeah to go to i would do it again in a heartbeat yeah. for me same with my chemical romance i yeah. adored all of the 
weird noises he made through the whole thing. He yeah. didn't talk much. It was a lot of wah, wah. And all I could think of was men. Oh. 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 It was like a lot of that. I'm also really excited that we got the um, vampire encore mm-hmm. in which he came out in an Edward Cullen shirt. And if you've listened to our My Chemical Romance episode... You'll know why that's hilarious. Or Twilight episode, you'll know why that's hilarious. I, I feel like we've talked about it. I'm sure we times. have. Um, I'm sure we have, but um I loved it. Um the only my only thing I wish that was different, besides like being on the floor, um, is that they would play um Thank You for the Venom. Yeah. That's fair. Um we could have switched one of those out with something else. Ghost of you. Missy hates Ghost it's of me, You. The Ghost of You hate. I'm fine with Ghost of You. Um I was dying. I was laughing at my own joke because like Ghost of You is playing and everybody's going nuts and I'm like, his brother died and all these people are clapping. <laughs> it was so funny. Missy said that and then I was like I was like, braver than what did I say? Braver than the Marines. <laughs> and then I said, just like Harry Styles. <laughs> We were on fire during this. <laughs> I'm pretty sure the girl next to me was just like not dragged there, but she didn't know any music, which is fine. Like, I don't care, but I think I may have annoyed her because um, I danced the whole fucking time, screamed, which, listen, dancing and screaming through a mask, I deserve an award. <laughs> I deserve an award. Um, but yeah, it was just a really good, I just, I just love going to shows so much. Yes. And it was two of like, the best performances. Um, we saw Kimya Dawson. Oh my god, Kimya Dawson was so good. And it's just, I love Kimya Dawson. Kimya Dawson was so good, and it was so cute. And her and her daughter were so nervous, uh, unfortunate about the sound. And then also Taking Back Sunday was there, and uh, Missy was dying. He was being like a Southern youth pastor. It was wild. They are from New York. It was wild. Why was he doing? A southern accent. It was wild. People, I guess, online, Missy was reading, like, they didn't like how it sounded, and I, I thought it was fine. Listen, I've seen Taking Back Sunday <laughs> a few times. <laughs> the first time, I think, maybe the first time I saw them, they took, like, an... Yeah, I it think it was the first time. had to be at least an hour to set up. I think it was longer. Like, and, the, and it was hot. It was hot. There was condensation coming down. Yeah, dripping from the ceilings. It was so fucking hot in there. And then the show was, like, fine. Like, their yeah. actual performance was fine. So, like, I was so upset. No, I wasn't upset, like, crying. I was just, like, really annoyed yeah. by the time that they got on that, like, this time was bound to be better. I have no objective measure for Taking Back Sunday because either I'm pissed off or he's doing a southern accent. So, I don't know. Maybe I saw at Warped Tour one time and they were also fine. I don't know. They're just, they're not, a, first of all, I'm not, like, the hugest Taking Back Sunday. I like Taking Back Sunday, but I really only like their first album. Um, sorry to be that person, <laughs> but that's how it is for me. Um, so I'm not like, I'm not super into taking back Sunday. So I don't have like a whole, like, I don't have like a, um, they have to be so good live. I don't know. They're also like all dads and I wouldn't be surprised if he can't sing the full range anymore. Cause yeah. he was like, well, and I think there's just like some things just are different live. Like, yeah. One of the things that was super impressive with Florence is it literally sounded like the album. Yeah. Like almost better than the album. Mm-hmm. And like, um, like even with my chemical Romance, they don't sound as perfect as the album, but that's what makes it so good. Yeah. That's, that's what, what makes that's it so good. the things I love good. about their first album. Yeah. Is, is it has all the perfection. Yeah. So like listening to taking back, Sunday maybe not being perfect it just feels right like it just feels right if I wanted to listen to the album I'd listen to the album yeah I know? think I wouldn't pay what fucking $200 $200 yeah I think too maybe it's like um, maybe people who didn't go to concerts that much and just like expected to, to hear something that 
was different than what they heard. And that's especially, fine. Especially for a bunch of 40-year-old yeah. performers. You know, like, we gotta give them a look. We do not have to forgive the weird Southern Baptist preacher act. But we can't, you know, they're... I certainly couldn't get up and do that. <laughs> and I'm I, younger than them. I think that he lost a bet. You think he lost a I bet? I think he lost a I bet like, or there was a dare. I like that interpretation because it was very weird. It was... I, at first, I thought it was just going to be a, like the first time he talked. And oh, then yeah. it continued. Nope, that was his whole persona. Yeah, it was very strange. I'm bummed we didn't have Midtown because I'm more of a Midtown fan than a... You're a Midtown girl. I'm, <laughs> Midtown girl. Yeah, that's me. <laughs> no, uh, yeah, I'm more of a Midtown fan than Taking Back Sunday fan. But like, when Taking Back Sunday goes hard, they go hard. Yeah. Like, uh, yeah. There's nothing like cute without the E. Yeah. See, and I wanted Taking Back Sunday, so I was very happy because... Uh, I never got to see Midtown. So, before they... Before... Uh, Cobra Starship. Um, yeah, I Midtown would have been cool just because it's Midtown and like Midtown. you're never gonna see it again. I know. You're never gonna see it again. So um but I was happy Bring about Bring back the movie life. Oh my god, I forgot about That'd the movie sick. life. Movie that would have been cool. So, good. so is Nightmare View. That would have been cool. Yeah, I I I was really happy with who we got to see. I can't believe we saw Kimya Dawson. Kimya Dawson was so fucking good. I cannot believe we saw Kimya Dawson. And the best part of her of her set was when she said she liked giant girls and everybody had a freak out. <laughs> and then she's like, and non-binary and trans girls. It was the <laughs> cutest thing I've ever seen. And then in the middle of one of the songs, she went off on this rant it's about how she... Shit. It's loose yeah. lips because it says... Uh, Fuck. This, yeah, the, the song is old and it says, Fuck Bush and fuck this war. Um, and then she was like, she changed it to fuck fascism and then went on for like a minute or so about like how many times she's had to change this, the, what she says in the song. Yeah, it's, it's good. It was, she was spectacular. Um, and I just, I would go see her again just Absolutely. because she was so good and it was really cool to see her perform with her daughter. And then Frank came out and performed that one song with her. Anyone else but you. Yeah, that one. And, um... It was on almost perfect set list from My Chemical Romance, which yeah. is they played "Bury Me in Blood." Mm -hmm. I like on the way there. I couldn't remember the name of the song. I was like, I hope they play that phone song. <laughs> <laughs> and this, he's like, what? I figured it out. And she figured it out. So the is the, um, the phone. Pick, pick up, up the, the phone, phone fucker. fucker. Um, and she's like, well, they do they do deep cuts every night. And I was like, I did not think it was gonna be this. No, I knew that they had played "Bury Me in Black" at one of them. They had played <sighs> "Bury Me in Black," and I think they played desert song at another one i lo was looking at other set lists because they change it up and um some of them i did see that and then um it looked like boy division was another mm -hmm. one so it looked like they did stuff from their eps yeah um boy division would have also been expect spectacular to see live that's also one of my favorite songs um so but i'm very happy with bury me in black i yeah. just uh, yeah and like i'm not a huge fan of cancer I mean, you know, <laughs> the song and cancer. Um, but it was a good last song. Yeah. I'll give it that. It used to be Helena, also a great ending. Uh, yeah, also a very good ending song. Um, but uh, people started leaving before the encore, and I was like, you guys. People were getting out of there to avoid traffic, which, you know. It wasn't that bad. I thought it, was, it looked worse than it was. <laughs> Nothing's as bad as Phoebe Bridgers leaving the Phoebe Bridgers parking Yeah, lot. I think it only took us, like, at the most 20 minutes to get out. Yeah, it at the most. A it lot really of people, I don't know, a lot of people don't don't like to sit and wait, though. Or they didn't know. Or they didn't know. There, There is always some people in the crowd where I'm like, I can tell you don't know. Wait. There was, wait, at Florence, there was one girl uh, across from me on the other side who left and came back twice <laughs> 
ship. The process of encores is like some weird archaic ritual that yeah. like, if you don't do it, then You're in trouble. something terrible will happen. It's like yeah. some cabin in the woods shit. I appreciate and needed to set my chemical romance. As soon as they're like really done, lights go on. Yeah. I appreciate <laughs> lights go on right away. Okay. Okay, we're go. good. Okay, we're good. Okay, we're good. So I, I think that should be a normal thing. Yeah. Anyway, that's enough concert hour. It was a busy week for us. I got no sleep. Uh, yeah, very little sleep. Tacoma Dome's like almost two hours from yeah, us. Uh, yeah. And I started a new medication that makes me real sleepy. So oh. I'm a mess. Uh, I watched What We Do in the Shadow season four. I actually should have put this on the last episode, but there was too much on there. And I forgot about it. I still so. need to finish this. I'm halfway there. I really liked what we do in the shadow season four. It wasn't as good as season three, in my opinion. But my God, when they had a hit, they had a hit. <laughs> fucking Night Market. Slam, Night Market slam is. Slam fucking dunk of an episode. Spectacular. So good. Um, this season is a lot. This is just, I'm going to minorly spoil some things, but not like, no, not I'm not going to spoil the finale or anything. Um, minor the minor spoilers are things like this season was a lot about um <laughs> god uh colin robinson the child being raised by laszlo and boy the boy the boy the boy colin robinson um which was very funny and Nadja opens a nightclub which was everything i could have hoped for the bl- the blood sprinklers getting clogged was very funny top tier gag um also a lot about uh Nandor wanting to get married um and bringing all of his wives back from the dead it did not go well um i really like this season the there's a lot of like fan i'm going to say fan criticism and i don't mean that in like like fan parentheses derogatory i don't mean it like that there's a lot of viewer criticism there's a lot of fan criticism of a couple of the episodes toward the end of the season and i find it really interesting i agree up to a certain point but and again i'm not going to spoil anything there's a i think there's a casting issue with regard to some of the characters not all of the characters are perfectly cast don't get me wrong this is not about that there is a diversity problem among Mm. a certain aspect of what we do in the shadows and i think that the criticism from that angle is totally warranted but if you listen to our what we do in the shadows episode as i know literally every person who posted on tumblr about the show did that's a hundred percent a joke (laughs) um i think it's pretty clear this is a show about bad fucking people yeah (laughs) this is a show about different kinds of monsters obviously the vampires are monsters we know that they eat people and they do so without any kind of remorse but yo, Guillermo murders so many people by proxy, right? Yeah. He brings people into this home for the express purpose of letting them be eaten. Um, he wants to be a, a vampire himself, yeah. which means he's going to do... He has no qualms about murder. So I do not think it is out of character for any of these characters to do things that are exploitative. Like... This is just, this is the nature of the show. Sometimes it's going to push things too far to an uncomfortable degree because I think that's the point, right? Like, I think it's a comedy show. They have that, the whole, like, it has to be funny first thing. And it is, like, it is very, very funny. When you start to look too hard at the ethics of it, all that's revealed is, like, everybody on this show sucks. But you have to understand, everybody on this show sucks. This is a show about fucking bad people, (laughs) 
Like they're not nice people. They don't do good. They might do good things for one another on occasion, but for the most part, they're literally murderers like over and over and over again. Um, so it was really strange to me to see some of the fan criticism be like, how could X character do that to Y? And I'm like, cause they're bad. Buddy, have you been, have you been watching? Like, Again, I totally agree with the idea that there's a lack of diversity in certain angles of the show. That I think is a completely fair criticism. It's the it's the like I can't believe they would do something so cruel as that. And I'm like, can't you? Because like, take a look. Like, I think Guillermo is the best example. I fucking love Guillermo. Yeah, but like, Guillermo does some fucking evil shit. We can like evil people. Yeah, absolutely. And I think that's you know that's a big threat if you if you can't like evil people then like why watch this show yeah and this is evil people in a fictional setting right you know this we're not condoning real murder here on fake geek girls Um, (laughs) or are we (laughs) but uh yeah i just found that response really really kind of funny because like like it's your prerogative to be irritated or put off or disgusted by it like no, no shame on, you know, however, whatever your feeling responses to it. It's just kind of wild to me to see the number of people who are like, I can't believe that that character would do that. And I'm like, I feel like we're watching different shows because like that just character because does they're, worse on a daily basis. Yeah. Just because someone's likable doesn't mean they have to be good. Yeah. And I find that really interesting. I've been thinking about that actually quite a bit with regard to like likable characters because I like a lot of unlikable characters, like characters that you would apply the label unlikable to. I'm like, oh, I love that. Well, I feel like if we look back onto the Sandman episode, you can see how much a character being likable made you upset. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, I, I find characters who have like texture and that kind of thing really interesting mm-hmm. in a way that I don't find. Like there, there are characters who are just straight up likable that I like, you know, of course. Um, look at like sitcoms are probably the best example. Like I like a lot of characters on sitcoms, although now I'm thinking of the good place and I'm like, Oh, they're all kind of unlikable, aren't they? But I love them. Um, but- I don't know. This whole prevalence of like, having to like good people is I see I at first like maybe I didn't see it too much but now I'm seeing it more and more like the article that was like it's difficult to root for this speaking of um the how to tame your dragon how to tame house of dragon <laughs> house of dragon how to tame your dragon there was a lot going on there how to tame your dragon <laughs> there was an article Pick and up is so fucking <laughs> problematic <laughs> To be fair, I didn't read this entire article, but it was essentially saying uh, it's like not fun or hard to watch or root for somebody when everybody's evil. And I was like, no, you're taking the choice. Like you're 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 letting me do anything I want. Yeah. Uh, Give me all the evil characters as as many of you know. It's fun to watch people be bad in a fictional setting. Sometimes yeah. it's bad. It's fun to watch people be bad in a real life setting. This is why I love grifter stories, you know, <laughs> like, like yeah, get them, get them. <laughs> it sucks when they're stealing from people who are actually in need. But if but if it's like the girl the uh, inventing Anna. Thing. Yeah. Inventing Anna. It's kind of funny. I'm sorry. I don't I don't wish it on anybody, but it's kind of funny to me. And maybe that's a reflective of my own bad. I'm the unlikable character here and that's fine. Be the unlikable character you want to see in the world. Um, I don't think that's you. I, I'm. That's what I. You could, for. despite them being rich bankers, you would ha- still have a hard time stealing from them. Yeah, I can't steal from anybody. Um, but yeah, what we do in the shadow season four? It was a good season. It was. The, it was probably one of the more fucked up ones in terms of what <laughs> people were doing to one another. <laughs> it was pretty fucked up, but 
in a way that within the context of what we do in the shadows is very funny. Like it was a lot of like, oh my God, you have taken it too far. And then like, but God damn, you would do that, wouldn't you? Um, I overall found it really enjoyable. Good. I read Icebreakers, which is a hockey romance. Um, I actually haven't read a ton of hockey romances. I've read a couple of L. Kennedy's, which I thought was fine. I don't think is that great. Um, but I saw a lot of people talking about how adorable Icebreakers is. I didn't really care too much. Oh, it's by um, Hannah Grace. Um, but then I saw It's a Grumpy Sunshine where the girl is the grump. And I'm like, yes, give me this. Because I love this. I don't see it enough. And I'm here for it. So the story is the girl, she's going to a fictional college in California that's like supposed to like pump out the top athletes. And she's a figure skater. She's a Paris figure skater. And somebody... Um, trashes one of the hockey rinks and um, they have to share their rink with the hockey team and the coach, not the coach, the head boy. <laughs> the head boy. <laughs> What's it called? The leader. Uh, I don't captain? know. Captain. Yes. Thank you. The captain's like, well, I got to play nice. So I'm going to go over and talk to her. Name was Anastasia. Um, and she's like, how about you fuck off? I don't care. Like, like, stay away from me. I don't like hockey players. And then he's like, well, now I have to get her to love me. And that's what he proceeds to do. Sure, her partner is the absolute worst, her skating partner. Um, I would say if you're going to read it, trigger warnings for disordered eating. Um, she doesn't have necessarily like a, um, like she has anorexia, but it she has disordered eating brought on by um, mostly her partner who he'd like carry her and if she had gained any weight he'd be like oh. like like he's like could like he was having struggling and stuff so there was a lot to do with that um and the guy captain nate being like i'm i i study nutrition and you are under eating and you need to bulk up so there was a lot of that the what i would say it was good it was cute it was fun um and it like wrapped everything up pretty well and um, I don't, it is too long. It is way too long. And it's part of the reason I don't have as much on here. It is way too long. And I didn't care a lot about the internal monologue. Um, and uh, I know, like, I know the nature of like getting into these types of like romance books is it's going to be all wrapped up in a bow, but it felt a little bit too wrapped up in a bow. Like, spoilers, she goes on to win a gold medal Olympics and he wins the, um, stanley cup and like sure <laughs> sure but it just like felt a little too wrapped up in a bow one thing i will say is that was cool is um one of his best friends and eventually her best friend is um one of the hockey players who has clearly has is on the spectrum um and i thought that was really interesting in the way that they handled it i'm gonna assume i'm I, i'm gonna assume that there may be somebody in this author's life who is also on the spectrum because in the in the book she mentions that the main character anastasia is reading another book um about that is uh i love quotient which is the main char- the main character she she is on the spectrum. So I my my feeling is like maybe there's somebody in her life that she wanted to make sure that was there for because specifically mentioning that book and then having Henry in there who is just a perfect boy. Just a perfect boy and I would die for him. Um I thought was was really cool. And yeah, it was good. It was cute. Uh it's a little too 
wrapped up at the end, um, but not to the point where I'm like, ugh, gross. I'm just like, well, yeah, of course, that's what would happen. Um, also, I think that they fell in love too soon. Well, not that they fell in love. I think that they got along too soon. Mm. I would have liked, but it was so long that if it was cut into like, but if it, a third of it was gone, um, it wouldn't be as bad because, and she was still angry and grumpy the same amount of time it wouldn't have been as bad but like eventually get to a point where like yeah i get it i get it they love each other and they like to have a lot of sex and that's cool um but you're getting to the point where there's no conflict and there's nothing going on in the plot um and that's fine but it just was it, it with it being so long it was kind of tiresome at some points so there were sometimes i just skipped the inner dialogue I was like whatever I, I already know what you're saying so we'll just skip it was good if you like hockey romances you like adorable you like grumpy sunshine especially when it's a woman who's the grump you'll like it um definitely better i'm sorry if you like l kennedy but definitely better than a lot of the l kennedy i've read i don't know why i continued to read some of her books um they're not bad i just don't like her writing and it's not great so but yeah this is the and also i have to just share this hot take i shared it with missy this is not something I came up with myself, but I saw on TikTok. Somebody was like, why are there so many hockey romances and even some baseball romances, but no other football, like football and basketball romances? And she said, it's because mostly hockey players are white and there are a lot of black people in those other sports. I was like, holy shit. Like those those romance novels exist. They exist, but not how they don't get popular. Yeah, they don't get popular. They they definitely they definitely exist. Yeah. Um, but the fact that you have to go out and search for that, despite that being like a really big like people are looking for sports romances. Um there are hot football players too. I don't know. I don't know a lot of basketball players, but there's hot football players out there. Yeah, it's true. What's going on? I don't know either. Um I've read one where but he was retired. And then I've read a baseball one, um, which was not very good, but I thought that was a really interesting and really true. And I, and I, I think that it's unfortunate that you have to go out and seek those things rather than, um, them being promoted just as much. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, it was, it was, it was all right. No soccer romance either. No. Oh, I will say also in this book, there's very good communication, which is nice. Nice. Uh, but yeah, no soccer. What else is there? No fencing. That'd be sick. There is a, there's a fencing graphic novel or oh, really? series that might just be called Fence. What about um, fencing with Fez? Um, what about curling? I bet you there's curling. There's got to be a curling romance. Um, what else is there? I'd read a softball romance. It'd be cute. It'd be really good. I'm not really a sports person. I played a lot of sports. Well, I played one sport. Um, you played one sport a lot. I played one sport a lot. Um, but I don't know. The, the sports romance isn't like my thing. Um, but when it's got a trope in it that I like, I'll read it like yeah. easily. Like, um, you know, I like those tropes. Like, so that whole like trend on like TikTok and Instagram of being just listing the tropes. Like, I'm here for that. <laughs> those are just easy books I can read and I'm just getting exactly what I want out of them. Mm-hmm. So... But my next book, um, well, my next book is Practical Magic. And then I don't know what I'm going to read after that. But I think I need something with more substance. (laughs) I think it's time to feed my brain. Uh, I watched My Kid Could Paint That 
And my reason for this was I, when I was in New York, we went to the Metropolitan Museum of Art and we went to the Museum of Modern Art, both of which have Jackson Pollock paintings. And my husband and I looked at them for a bit and we're kind of like talking about the purpose of them. And like, because a lot of the art is really visually beautiful when you're just walking around, right? And then sometimes it's really not beautiful or it's beautiful in a way that is unexpected or is unrealistic and we were kind of talking about the the value of that kind of art and I was thinking about a lot about how I really appreciate it when something in a museum is jarring or ugly or confrontational um especially because it makes people mad people get really mad about modern art like they look at it and they can't immediately understand it and they get angry um, and I find that really, really interesting. And I appreciate art that resists your first interpretation when you look at it. Like, That's so interesting. I, I find that really intriguing. So my husband suggested we watch My Kid Could Paint That, which I thought was going to be a documentary about Jackson Pollock. It is not. It is a documentary about a family whose I think she was four at the time that this came out. She paints these very uh, technically skilled paintings that were selling for like six figures wow um and a lot of the documentary is about it's about a couple of things so it's about that idea of like why people embrace this four-year-old's art but are resistant to like jackson pollock and Mm. a lot of the reason that a new york times art critic who was interviewed for it suggested was there's a lack of cynicism to a four-year-old's painting there's a joy of creation in it um and also it does feel kind of like a a little sticking it to something when, cause you look at Jackson Pollock and you're like a grown man made this it's in the museum. It means it's important, but I look at it and I don't get it. And I think this is easy to create. So what is it doing here? Hmm. And it makes you angry when you see that kind of painting from a four year old, you're like, this is just beautiful. The joy of creation, et cetera, et cetera. And it kind of sticks it to the art institution because mm. people feel as though if they can't interpret a work of art upon looking at it, that they, the art is making fun of them. Like they are being made mm. to feel stupid because of it. And so they embrace something like this young girl's artwork um, because it doesn't do that. It's literally a child made it, you know, out of the joy of creation as opposed to trying to say something. Um so that angle was really, really fascinating to me. But what the documentary is actually kind of about, it turns out, is the fact that she may not have been doing these paintings herself. Oh, no. Um, it's it's never conclusively proven. Um, and the documentary, the person who made the documentary feel, it seems to feel very like he does not want to like do an expose. He showed up to do a documentary about this like oh, child prodigy. No. prodigy. But he shows up and it kind of seems like her father is uh quote unquote helping the process um it's never definitively proven but there was an uh a dateline i think no 60 minutes a 60 minutes piece where they filmed her entire creation and she made this painting that was like it looked like a kid painted it like it didn't have a lot of technical skill to it it didn't have a lot of um like it was a lot of smears and like weird mixing of like you see a kid do yeah as opposed to her regular paintings which had like to me they and i'm not a child expert by any stretch of the imagine imagination but they suggested to me fine motor control that a four-year-old does not have Hmm. um so they the 60 minutes filmed this filmed her creating this this painting and it was not up to the standard of her others 
And um, the father previously had tried to like be like, well, it's it's because she doesn't like to be filmed. And sure enough, when the documentarian filled her, filled, filmed her, she just piled all of the paint into a pile and then smeared it and made like a gross brown color and just like <laughs> moved that all over the thing. Um, so, but this, this had been filmed without her knowledge and she still wasn't able to produce that high quality kind of painting. And they, they did it again. And this, this 60 minutes piece really kind of put a hole mm. in, in everything because they, they stopped getting like so much positive attention because <sighs> now it was suggested that the father was doing it. Um, it's a really good documentary. Like I highly recommend it. It was fascinating, especially if you're interested in art and like the value of art. And if you like me love a bit of a grift, um, <laughs> that poor kid though, seriously, the poor kid, uh, she didn't know. It was really funny when she would like talk back because she'd be like, you do it. <laughs> and her dad, her dad would like look at the camera and be like, she's so funny. And she's like, you do it. You do it. Oh my God. Um, and then there was another part where she was like, uh, her, she has a little brother. I can't remember his name off the top of my head, but she's like, well, he did that one. Oh no. And there was a, there's a lot. I mean, you can't have a kid. Yeah. Kids are going to tell the truth, you know, that they'll also tell lies, but they'll tell whatever's appropriate in the time being, you know? And so there were times when she was like, you do it. You tell me what to do. You do it. Um, yeah, it was really interesting. interesting. It was really good. It was totally worth watching. Um, I found it just really, really interesting in terms of like art and um, its meaning and its reception and that kind of stuff. Like, Also, it's a lot about like the mother has a lot of reservations about fame mm. and putting her child in the spotlight. I would. Yeah, and like what that's going to do to her. Um, for the record, I looked her up and she hasn't really been interviewed since 2015. She was still making paintings at that time, but they weren't going for six figures. They mm. were like more like four, um, which I mean, that's still <laughs> still a lot. But um, she's not in the national spotlight as much after the documentary and after the 60 Minutes piece. Um, but still very, very interesting. Um, I don't know if she's still painting, but like it's cool that she was painting at all like that as a child like you know it's still cool to create art even if it's not like revolutionary art bad art has its purpose too art for the purpose of the joy of creation and nothing else is wonderful too yeah um but yeah really good documentary i forgot to mention a really important part of the book <laughs> so i want to add this in there um at one point her partner breaks his arm and he says it's because it's the hockey player they're dating at this point. And so the hockey player can't play hockey. That's the rule until the kid can skate again because he takes the blame even though he didn't do it. And so then he goes and he helps <clears throat> Anastasia practice and he has to learn how to ice skate. And it's quite funny. Mm -hmm. And he puts on leotards and they're like, you can't wear that. They're too tight. <laughs> um, but I'd also like to point in there that if you read the back, it gives that it says that that's what happens. That doesn't happen until halfway through the book. It just totally gave that away. Anyways, I thought that was really important because it's a it's a huge part of the book. Anyways, I so this the, I watched Speed, and this has a little bit of a backstory. <laughs> we got a game. Was it was it called Blockbuster? Yeah, it's called Blockbuster, and it's essentially like I think that's what it's called. I, it, it looks like that. It, like it comes in it's a, block, a board game. It's a board game, and you. you Long story short, you get different cards that have different movies on them, and then you either have to act them out, say one word, or what's the other one? Act it out, say one word, give a quote. Give a quote. Didn't, it was really fun. So one of one of them, I didn't know how to do any of them, and one of the movies was Speed. 
And I truly had no, and I needed to use the quote one for something else because you don't have to, it doesn't have to be like a direct quote. Like I think it was um, Apocalypse Now. <laughs> the end of the world is currently happening. <laughs> yeah, that was my quote. The end of the world is currently happening. And thought there was no way Missy was going to get these and she got two out of the three, um, which was so impressive. I can't remember what the other one was, but um, I got pre- Mrs. Doubtfire. Mrs. Doubtfire. Which shouldn't have counted. No, it shouldn't have, but it did. Um, maybe that wasn't that one. No, it was. Regardless. Anyways, so then I had Speed, and I don't know what happens in Speed. In my head, there's a bus um, and a bomb. Mm-hmm. And I consistently get it mixed up with another movie, which I can't remember, that was like Oscar worthy. Mm. Um, I don't ha- know if it has anything to do with it. Like Crash. Oh, I think it was Crash. I get and them. There's two crash movies. Yeah, so I get one them. One is the one where they fuck cars or they fuck in the car wrecks, which I think is David Cronenberg. And then uh, there's the Oscar winner one. The Oscar winner one is the one I was thinking of. And so, like, literally, it's like, I don't know if this is a good movie or not. So, anyways, I just, for my acting it out, I just pretended like I was driving something and ran around the house. <laughs> I just ran. To be fair, it was right. Yeah. Um, and after watching the movie, the only thing I would change is I would jump two times. <laughs> <laughs> and so I was like, Missy's like, you. I think Missy and and Josh were like, you've never seen Speed. It's I don't like action movies. Like I don't. And mm-hmm. I had a, I had a lot of fun watching Speed. Yeah. So she's like, I can't believe you haven't seen Speed. And then she goes, Does Bob, my husband, know you haven't seen <laughs> Speed? I'm like, I think so so then i went to him and i was like have we watched speed and he looks at me he's like have you not seen speed (laughs) and i'm like no and he's like we're watching it tonight (laughs) so i watched speed which stars sandra bullock in the best outfit um she's styling through that whole thing and um the the young babe um, Keanu keanu reeves and some other people are in it too and essentially what happens is uh he him and his friend foil a plan of a bomber who who was who was wanted three million dollars, and then a little bit down the line, he gets angry that, that he foiled his plan that he'd been planning forever, and it's like calls him out on a payphone because that's how old this movie is. I strapped a bomb to a bus, get on it, but don't let it go over or under fifty miles. No, don't let it go under fifty miles an hour. Um, and yeah, you better fucking do it, or I'm blowing them up. So he gets on the bus and they drive it for a long time and falls in love with Sandra Bullock during it, who's just great. Mm-hmm. Just great. And she at one point turns on her turn signal and it's like, there's Missy and I. Yep. Um, she's speeding through on the freeway. Luckily, there's 700 freeways in California. Probably the most aptly named yes. Yes. movie of all time. Yes. Um, it promises and it delivers. And it delivers. There's a point and they have to make a jump over unfinished... Um, freeway, and they do it. Yep. Uh, I will tell you, it is impressive that this movie was so entertaining while being about driving a bus fast. <laughs> Truly, it's like I think the movie is really held together by the by the strength of its uh characters, yeah, who are a lot of fun to watch. Yes, it's like the plot is so simple: go yeah. fast or die. Uh, not a lot. Like a lot happens in it, but also like literally, it's a bus going that needs fast. to go fast. Um, and then it's a subway. Yeah, that or a a subway car. Is that in the second one? 
No, it's at the very end of the first. Oh. I haven't seen the second one. I mean, at I've the end, he steals her, and then they go to the subway and um, locks her up. And then the guy gets killed, and she's like, "I'm locked up, and we're gonna because the subway isn't finished." <laughs> and um, he's like, "There's a sharp turn. We're gonna go as fast as we can. I'm gonna hold on to you, and we're gonna hope this thing tips over and, th- and slows us." And it did. So he just this is just about going. So what the moral of the story is going fast saves your life. Yeah. I don't know what else to say about this movie, and that it is impressive that it was entertaining because it, it is, shouldn't be it that shouldn't good. be that good. Um, and I don't know if it actually is that good or if it's just so impressive to be as good as it is about being what it's about that it just seems even better. I'm the I'm the action movie hater and I had a great time watching Speed. It truly is just like... It's fun. Yeah, it really is fun. It's wild. I don't really want to watch two. I've heard it's terrible and yeah. not watching. And Keanu Reeves isn't in it, but yeah. Sandra Bullock is. I don't know what it's about. My husband seems to think it was about a boat for some reason, but I don't know if that's true. Um, he tried to get me to watch it, and I said, nah. <laughs> Why tarnish the memory of speed? Yeah, let's just keep it as it is. Um, but yeah, I, it, was, it, was, it was really good for what it was about. It's not, it's not like high art. It's not the Oscar-worthy one. No. I was <laughs> well, I think that Oscar one was supposed to be bad, too. Oh, really? It was the one about how racism is real. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Racism, have you heard of this? It's real. Anyway, I didn't see Crash, but and it's not the one where they fuck in the car wrecks or whatever. So you don't care. Yeah, I don't care about that. Um, it's not high art or anything, but it is, as Harry Styles would say, it's, you know, a movie. And it's like, <laughs> that's the best it's a way movie. to describe that. It's a movie ass movie. It sure is a movie. And like you want to be in the theater with your popcorn and your I want milk duds. Other people want Junior Mints or if you're a freak, Butterfinger Bites. If you're a freak like my husband, Raisinets. Oh, gross. <laughs> M&M's is a good solid Yeah, you want to be you want to be in there with the hot popcorn and <laughs> Say <a> hot popcorn. <laughs> in there with the hot pocket. With a hot pocket. <laughs> That's for home viewing. You're at home on your couch in your sweatpants eating a hot pocket watching Speed. That's a Sunday afternoon, baby. <laughs> hot pocket in here Bob tried to get me I was we don't really have a lot of food in the house um because we've been on vacation and for other reasons and um and I was like I'm hungry and my husband's like you want a hot pocket I go we don't have hot pockets I "I can get you some I go where are you gonna go to get me a hot pocket he goes the gas station I go I don't want gas station hot pockets (laughs) listen every now and then and then we came down, came back from My Chemical Romance, and by the time I got home, I was like, I'm, I'm super hungry. And every single fast food place around me was closed. Every single one. Mm-hmm. Every single one. And I text my husband, like, guess I'm not eating. And he goes, do you want me to get you a hot pocket from the gas station? You should have. No. Ham and cheese hot pocket. Mm. I was never a really big fan of Hot Pockets, which I think I'm wrong. You are wrong. Um, because it doesn't seem like you cannot be a fan. They're complete trash, like, to be clear. Yeah. They're, they're, I don't know that there's an, even a hint of nutritional value. I think they, like, one time I ate one and it was just super greasy. Well, that's right. But probably I think pep- if I... I think the pepperoni pizza. Yeah, it was probably that one. But I think if I tried it again, I'd be okay with it. It's like eating Jack in the Box. And I, that's where I went with trying. Oh, I wasn't trying to go there, but that was my last effort because I know they're open twenty four seven. But they, for some reason, probably because of staffing issues, were closed. Yeah. Listen, it took a long time to get back. So from- your perfect pairing, we needed just you, the mm-hmm. audience. The mm-hmm. Perfect pairing is speed in a hot pocket. Yeah. 
Uh, it seems right. Both, both are uh, tubes. not great <laughs> tubes, but good. But but feeds you, and they're fast, and they're fast. <laughs> Microwave and hot. And Keanu Reeves is hot. <laughs> I, was, I thought you were gonna say Keanu Reeves is in them, and I was like, in the hot pocket. <laughs> yes, oh boy. Keanu Reeves would have been a very good Morpheus. Oh my god, I thought you meant from The Matrix. <laughs> I was like, what, Mary? No, Dream. Yeah, he would. Yeah, he, right. Like right now, currently, he's yeah. like just the right age. Yeah, I could see it. He has that deadpan. Yeah, he would have been really good. He's really good at like seeming like annoyed yeah and unaffected yes mm. but then we wouldn't get constantine i think he should play both i think he should too keanu reeves for every character in the sandman yeah my yeah my younger self would be appalled with me because i just not into keanu reeves and then my tastes matured yeah like a fine like a like fine a fine, wine. fine wine you still need to see that one movie with keanu in it that's so funny which one um the one that's off of named after the song, "Always Be My Baby." I have seen that with Keanu. Yes, I saw it when oh. it came out. Oh, that's so good. <laughs> Maybe it's Bob who needs to see it when he freaks out. It's so funny. Yeah, I've seen it. It's so fucking funny. I think it's Bob then that needs to see it. Mm-hmm. Um, I watched Men in Black International, which received extremely mixed reviews. Is this the the newer one? Yes. Okay. I had one expectation for this movie, and it was that I would see two people I find extremely attractive and charming interacting on the screen, and it delivered. It delivered. I saw two people who I find extremely attractive interacting on the screen. That was all I wanted, and that is what I got. And I'm satisfied. I don't have high expectations for men in black movies, even though I love them. I'm not joking. I love every single men in black movie. I don't give a shit that some of them are bad. I don't give a shit that they are space cops. <laughs> I do not care. I am here for the laughs. Um, so Men in Black International came out in 2019 and received uh, mixed two bad reviews, which is fair. The movie is about uh, Tessa Thompson, who has an interaction with an alien when she's a kid. And her parents get neuralized, but she doesn't. Um, so she remembers it. And then she spends like the rest of her life trying to get into the men in black because she knows it's real. But everybody thinks she's crazy. <laughs> so she gets she has like super good grades and like her resumes are excellent. But she gets rejected by the CIA and, and the FBI because she's like, I want to be in the, the special division, you know, with the aliens. And then she just gets kicked out. Um, she ends up tricking her way into the men in black office and um, gets caught, but manages to convince them to let her join anyway. Um, and she ends up meeting Chris Hemsworth, Chris Hemsworth's character, who participated in this uh, fight against an alien called the Hive, or like an alien race called the Hive, um, where it, it's not clear exactly what happened, but he's regarded as this huge savior. Um, but he's kind of an idiot, which <laughs> is perfect. 10 out of 10. Um, And so they end up having to work together to figure out why this other alien was killed and like what it has to do with this like broader conspiracy and a potential mole in the, in the the FBI in the men in black. It's not a good movie. Like it's not as good as speed. (laughs) Um, But if you like me, find Chris Hemsworth and Tessa Thompson to be very attractive and you want to watch them interact on a screen for an hour and 40 minutes or whatever. Have I got the movie for you? Because they do. They also do that, presumably, 
in both Thor movies, I've only seen the first. Well, that's not true. Both there's four Thor movies. <laughs> you just forget about the other. I forgot about the other two. Uh, if you want to, they're they're in Ragnarok and they're great together there, and they're in Love and Thunder, which I haven't seen, so I don't know if they're great in that. But um, personally, they are. You've seen it, the new one. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I didn't know you saw the new one. Yeah, it was wild. <laughs> it was a wild time. I enjoyed it. Yeah. There were um, some loud goats in there. Oh no, you did never. Never mind. I remember you did. Did we talk? I didn't talk about it, did I? You told. I remember you saying something about the goats and. I don't think I talked about it on the podcast. You may not so. have. It's fine. It it's was. Fine. It was good. I liked it. It was sad. I cried, but it was still good. Um. So yeah, I didn't have really high expectations for this one. It's definitely not the best. It may be the worst of the <laughs> Men in Black movies. Um. I don't know. I haven't seen two in a long time, and two has the worst reviews. So, so that one might actually be the worst. But I did love the little cat in that one. I'm pretty sure that's the second one, right? Yeah, the first one's the one with Edgar. The first one is undeniably the best one. Yeah. Hands down, best one. And then probably three. Three is really good. Nobody saw three. Nobody gave a shit about three, except me and my husband, number one, men in in black fans. (laughs) It was good. I cried in the theater. Um, Oh, my gosh. (laughs) Anyway, uh, Men in Black International is not a great film. It is not going to change your life. Um, but if you want to watch beautiful, there's a famous tweet. I should look it up really quick. Hold on. Let me find it so I can attribute it properly. Properly, rather. This is not the first time I've had to look this up. It's not surprising. Okay, here it is. This is a, this is a tweet from Mike Ginn or Mike Jin. I'm not sure how their name is said, but this is a, this is a tweet that sums up my, my thoughts exactly. Why must a movie be, quote unquote, good? Is it not enough to sit somewhere dark and see a beautiful face, huge? <laughs> and that is my review of Men in Black International. I think that's great. All I want to see is to see beautiful ha- beautiful faces, huge. I mean, look. It's a movie-ass movie, but not as good of a movie-ass movie as Speed. <laughs> that's a great, that was a great um, review that you just did. Thank you. Yeah. Also, Chris Hemsworth, hot. It's Tessa true. Thompson, hot. What more do you need? It's true. Then you, that's why you should watch the new Thor because then you also get Natalie Portman and she's mm. and she's buff. Yeah, good. Um, yes. and she's great in it. Um, I last thing I have on here I watched last night was just the new Hellraiser. Um, I can't remember too much from the original. I watched it a long time ago. My husband's like, "Well, what do you remember?" I'm like, "I remember this Pinhead," and I remember. They go to space, (laughs) which they don't go to space. But to be fair, looking back, I'm pretty sure it like looks like you might be in space. Like like it could be like on a spaceship. It's not. It's like another dimension or something or like the entrance to another dimension. I don't know. Um, People were really upset with this new one because Pinhead is now a woman. Okay, this is a real question. Like how how many people or is this one of those things where people report on 10 people on Twitter? I don't know. This is something that Bob has told me. Mm. And um, I would imagine he's in a lot of uh, Facebook horror groups. Mm. So I would imagine people have said it. Okay. It's not like the 10 people when they report on 10 people and they're like Twitter's. No, I'm pretty sure he's not like real. Like I'm, he doesn't really go on Twitter too much except no, we really are. So like look at ladies. Well, I mean, I mean people like will write entire articles about, yeah, no, look at at these, look at the Twitter drama over the show. I don't think people are mad on Twitter. I don't think there are any articles. I'm pretty sure it comes from, he like listens to horror podcasts and horror and, and is in like Facebook horror groups. Um, and people were upset. Um, Pinhead um, is also played by the um, I just had her name, 
Jamie Clayton, who is in Sense Eight. Oh. She plays Nomi. Oh, okay. Yeah, she is Pinhead. Um, I Good for her. Yes, I uh, as wa- I'm watching it, I'm like, oh, Pin Mommy. <laughs> so I named her Pin Mommy. Um, you know what? And I stick with it. So in this, if you don't know anything about Pinhead, there's a puzzle box. You turn the puzzle box and then eventually you die. Um, that's a really short end of it. But in this one, there's the puzzle box. Um, and like when you twist it, essentially it pokes you and it needs your blood. And after a certain amount of twists, um, whoever's holding it last gets to um, choose between like love, resurrection, s- sensualness. Um, I don't know, a bunch of other stuff. And the girl, one of the girls, she um, is a recovering addict and living with her brother. And she has a not boyfriend, but someone she's just sleeping with. And she's like, I need to make money. And he's like, I got this job. There's this like warehouse where I've seen like things come in that look like they belong to rich people. Let's go break in. She's like, sure. Um, So they break in. And there's a shipping container within the warehouse. So they break into the shipping container and then they break into the shipping container and there is a safe and then they break into the safe and there is a box and then they break into the box (laughs) and there is the puzzle box. So it was a box. It was just kind of funny. Um, She grabs it. They're like, oh, we could probably sell this for money. She grabs it, goes back. She's kind of drunk. Her brother gets mad and kicks her out. And um, so she ends up going to her car, finds some pills, takes some pills, goes to a, um, which is what she was addicted to, goes to a playground and like starts playing with the puzzle box. And then she twists it a little bit and then she starts seeing things and um, the Cenobites, I think is what they're called, start showing up and they're like these like weird looking, like they clearly have had like their body, like skin pulled. One of them is a guy that just goes, I hope we can hear that. I'm sure you can. But he has like, he his head is just essentially, you could see his brain and then just a mouth. I named him Gossip Girl, which I think is really good. Um, and then there's a bunch of other ones. Um, and then her brother comes back, grabs the puzzle box, gets cut, goes in the bathroom to wipe it off. And then suddenly he's pulled into a weird dimension and he's gone. So the rest of the movie is her trying to figure out how to get him back. Finds out this really rich dude who we started the movie off with. Um, had had it last is what they ended up finding out. She goes there. He's supposed to be dead. Surprise. He's not dead. He has this weird thing in his body. Um, this makes his life hard. Uh, Cause he spoilers asked for the wrong thing at the end of the box. Um, and it, they try to figure out the box. <laughs> um, they try to figure out the box so she can choose resurrection and bring her brother back. Um, and everybody dies. Uh, these are major spoilers. Um, I thought it looked really pretty. I thought the house he lived in looked, there was like a gate around it that was supposed to like help keep the Cenobites and, and Pinhead out. And it looked really pretty. I thought it like visually, I thought it was really good. Like it didn't look really hokey to me. I mean, it is like a horror movie about with like Pinhead in it. Um, but I think it could have looked really terrible and it, I don't think it did. Um, I, I, I was not like a huge fan of the original. I didn't dislike it. I thought um, from what I can remember, I thought it was cool. I thought this one was cool too. Um, I, I like the idea of a puzzle box. Uh, all I can think of is, um, not night in the woods, cabin in the woods when the puzzle box was an option. Um, and I, I like the idea of pin mommy. Yeah. Um, also a trans act- actress. So that was nice. 
Um, but yeah, Trans Mommy, Gossip Girl, and oh yeah, uh, Young Maybe from the main girl looks like Maybe from Arrested Development. Oh, I thought you were going to tell me that she's in it, and I was like, holy shit. No, she legit looks like if Maybe was a Gen Z. I'll find the picture of her. But um, yeah, if you, I think my husband thought it was all right. I think if he said it's better than almost all the others, <laughs> um, he said that the other ones are almost like unwatchable. Um, I've heard good things about it from like the people that I follow that like film critics. And yeah. Stuff. He watched them all and he said the first one's still the best one. Um, but yeah, I thought it was fine. If you like it, I think Josh will like it. Yep. I think you'll enjoy watching it. It's rare for Josh to dislike a movie. <laughs> it's, it's like Spring Breakers. Spring Breakers. Well, it's hard to like that movie. So that's some, that's, yeah, that's what a mess. Um, but yeah, I thought it looked really cool. I I love a good conspiracy. Mm-hmm. Um, and I had fun naming Pin Mommy Gossip Girl, which I think personally is the best one. Um, one of the other Cenobites reminded me of one of the clown girls from Sailor Moon. Um, but yeah, I liked it. It was all right. Nice. Well, that's it for this episode. Um, you can find us online at fakeygirlscast.com, which has all of our previous episodes as well as episode transcripts um, for like four or five of our episodes now. They're going up. Um, thank you to Emily June for helping us with the transcri- transcription process. It is a lot of work. Um, if you like us and you want to talk about our podcast or talk to us, consider joining our discord. You can send me an email at contact at fakegeekgirlscast.com and I will happily send you an invite. It is not a closed discord group. You don't need to be a patron or anything. I just don't, um, advertise it publicly because I don't want to have to like hardcore moderate it for people coming in in bad faith. Um, so we don't always talk about things people like or want to hear. Yeah, I don't. I don't want people who like listen to the podcast for like like hate listeners, yeah. you know, to like join the podcast and be like these fucking feminists. I always think about when Josh's coworker listened to it and was upset. We talked about pickle, um, sun sunflower seeds too much. <laughs> I do. Not you don't remember, remember that. that? I do. Oh my god, that's funny. Um, well, the pickle sunflower seeds were good, so <laughs> I don't know what to tell you. Um, but yeah, you don't even have like. You don't have to participate or anything if you just want to see what everybody's chatting about. Just shoot me an email. Some and I'll good get you conversations in there. Uh, next time we're going to be talking about Practical Magic, the book oh, and the movie. So excited. I'm very excited about this. I like the book. I really like it. I think when you put the movie and the book together, they're much better. Actually. I I'm I, yeah I'm excited to rewatch it, having the knowledge of the book. I still need to read a good chunk of it, but I think it like the the story fits the vibe. Yeah, it really is. It's a lot of vibes. It it, it really it really fits the vibe. It runs I, primarily on vibes, I would say. Yeah, and you know what? I couldn't ask for more. No, I think that put together, they're quite good. Like yeah. I, I think that the book addresses a lot of the weak spots of the movie and the movie addresses some of the weak spots of the book. And together they like if you if you really mashed them together, you would have like a really good story. A more perfect union. A more perfect union. Um after that we're going to be doing Daria. Um Daria has gotten better. Okay. Since I last spoke. I have only watched like the first couple episodes and all I can think of is Donnie Darko. <laughs> yeah. She feels like Donnie Darko a little bit. Yeah, I could see that. Um, so yeah, next up will be Daria. We'll be talking about the show. I don't know if the movie... I have to ask 
Bailey as well. Did you see that the girl, one of the girls who wrote Daria wrote about all the Bratz movies? I saw that you said that, yeah. That's amazing. <laughs> That's spectacular to me. Um, And after Daria, we're going to be doing Russian Doll. Very excited for that. I'm excited for I that. I fucking love Russian Doll. And it'll be like it. a good seasonal vibe for it, I think. Yeah, because it'll be, we'll be actually getting into winter. Yeah. Because Mary will be gone. So we're going to skip an episode. Uh, the Daria episode will come a week later than you would expect. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, got some good stuff coming up. Yeah, ready to go. All right, catch you on the flip side. <laughs> <laughs>